Hello and welcome to episode 265 of Three Beers and a Movie. I'm Richard Laird and I'm with... Colin McKay. Hello. Hello, Colin. The one We are the two people in the entire country who are not currently queuing in London to, to go buy a coffin. To, so, to, to look at dead bodies, yeah. It's not a dead body, it's a coffin. It was not like <laughs> actually a dead body, it's a coffin. So at yeah. least we can... Um, we can talk movies and stuff together, which I think is a much better waste of time than standing in line for 24 hours. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to wait for the madness for a wee bit um, and, yes. and kind of do non-royally things, so I'm yes. quite happy. Yeah, yeah. so but to, time, to, to time and date this, when we listen back to it in 90 years' time, or maybe not 90 years' time, maybe 50 years' time, when old men will listen back to this, today is, well, this is the week the Queen died, and Britain has collectively lost its goddamn mind, essentially. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Um, on, on Monday, everything's shut. No, yeah. Nothing's open. The, the yeah. country's shut down for a day. Uh, More than saying, like, even cinema's shut. Even our work is shut. And our work would not, I don't think, would shut for anything, to be yeah, honest. Anything, yeah, yeah. They're not um, legally obliged to shut for, essentially. No, no, they're, 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 they're definitely not. Um, was there not some, I think they've kind of recanted on it, but was some holiday part not trying to evict people for the Centre day? Centre parts well? were basically saying you had to leave Centre Park for the day of the funeral <laughs> and then come back. <laughs> And find a place to stay during the time, which fucking is, insane. That's yeah. um, bonkers. I, yeah. I, I think they've, they've kind of they've done they're, a one eight. But, 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 but I think the first thing they said was you can stay here, but you can't leave your villa for the entire twenty four hours. People was going, isn't it? It's like, come on. Um, I, I get people, you know, if that's their passion and they want to go and you know, kind of grieve and stuff like that. That's fine, but not everyone does. Um, you know, and if people don't, don't. Back them into a corner. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's, I think we can. Not... Yeah, me and you are definitely not. We're definitely not grieving at this point in time. Corner, I would say. No, not, not not at all. Um, business as usual for me. Um, so as yeah, very very much. So well, kind of business because we 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 bought a puppy recently, Colin, and I don't know if you ever oh. had a small animal before, but they're, they're a lot of work. They, they make a lot of noise. They, they, yeah, they the, the lads. Have, the lads have got a new dog. Uh, yes. What's his name? His name is Cody. Cody, and what breed is Cody? Cody is a sprocker. A sprocker, which is a bouncy, energetic, he is life, energy, yes. nonsense wee dog. Um, yes. So well, you're going to, you're going to, your your life's going to be turned upside down over the next few months. So I don't think I've slept properly for five days, Colin. I won't lie. I'm, I'm, I can oh. see, I can smell colour. Yeah, my brain's working right now. <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to get worse before it gets better, but it, it will, will get better, dude. It, it will. It's fun. It's so it's much, fun. so much fun. Yeah. It's so, so much fun. It's the first recording we've done with. A three beers dog, which is nice. Well, you'll come well, I guess if cats are asshole, cats, cats, cats. They're, they're not a mascot, or they're independent pricks yeah. that do what they want to do. So, so there you go. So, how about Cody's the official three beers mascot? You'll be a three beers mascot, yeah. You've got your little yeah. three beer, and we'll get my wee t shirt or something. We can be the, the mascot of the, the podcast. Well, he's yeah. already got his wee squeaky beer, hasn't he? He's got a squeaky yeah. beer toy, yeah. beer toy. You know, we are yeah. on brand in this place. <laughs> Um, <laughs> speaking of that, what are you drinking tonight? <clears throat> uh, nothing, I'm afraid, nothing. sir. I, I have no beers today. Um, I, I can't, I can't afford a beer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm drinking water. You're, you're <laughs> almost, like... you're almost bathtub gin at this point in time, aren't you? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm firmly in. It's our royal majesty would say a peasant. At the <laughs> <laughs> um, limited to water and, and bread. Yeah, well, <laughs> until I get paid again, you'll, you'll um, live like a plaid, Colin. Well, I, but, um, I'll, I'll I've got a big can of beer. Um, oh, oh, that is big. Yeah, even yeah. your big cans, that is a big can of beer. Yeah. So it's um, Kai Pai or K Pai, K A P A I, um, from Stuart Brewing. It's a South Pacific ale. And um, like I said, we made notes a lot of stuff coming from Stuart Brewing recently because I went to Stuart Brewing and I bought a lot of stuff. So <laughs> we are uh, yeah. currently drinking our way through that. Um, so Kai Pai is very nice. Again, not a very interesting can, quite a dull looking can. This seems to be a bit of a trend at the moment with these yeah. like kind of you know vertical and horizontal lines, and that seems to be a thing just now. And it's yeah, it's not, it's not yeah. good, man. I want to see dragons and winged horses. I want to and... see that, yeah, like bales and shit on it. But yeah, it's a light, yeah. a light bodied pale ale with a combination of passion fruit, mango, and lychee. Um, the taste is initially sweet but beautifully balanced with a long taste, long lasting bitterness. And there you have summed it up very well. In that respect, yeah. yes, yeah. very nice. Beer. Very I've nice never beer heard lye cheese. That's a new one. I've never heard lye cheese being used in alcohol before. I've seen that. We've seen it a few yeah. times recently. Yeah, yeah, that and they're doing like elderflower and stuff like that. So yeah, they've definitely seen that quite a bit. Yeah, lye cheese, though. interesting one. Yeah, um, so. Have that one. You like it? Kai pie. Have, have you ever had lye cheese? No, they're nice. They're, they're, they're kind of nice, but they're quite hard to get into to open. Right actually get to the flesh part that they're, they're quite there's a bit of work involved um I don't really like a lot of, i don't like my food to, to have a lot of work to do with it yeah. you know, i don't want to be having to work to eat all the time i want to be able to just eat that's, that's why everyone loves grapes just pop it in your mouth done yeah 
No, I certainly don't need to crack I, it open or peel it or, you know, I don't want anything involved and... If it involves a utensil, I'm not really wanting to get involved in it. Yeah, yeah. Lot you know? lobster and shit like that. It's like, I don't know, fucking yeah. special tools to eat my dinner. That's Aye. fucking you know, like, crazy. Like, I do love mussels, but I know buying mussels at a restaurant is pointless because it's just like a pain in the ass to just do all the stuff with them. So Yeah, because your meals, like, you've got like, two hours slot and it takes you four hours to open the bastards and eat them. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. I, I get you. I get you. Anyway, so at least I'm having a drink for us tonight. I think it was a couple of weeks earlier. You were the only one drinking, so um, we're, we're at least yeah. one of us giving you end up. Um, yeah. Before we go into cinema stuff and movie stuff, have you watched anything of interest at home other than what we've normally been watching? So I think you're up to date with Lord of the Rings. Up to date with Lord of the Rings. Um, three or four. To... Have you watched three or four? Uh, oh, four's out tonight. So, yeah, so I've watched three. three. So I've started to watch four tonight. I've also watched um... three. Yeah, oh, so you hadn't watched this last yes. time you spoke. Um, right, so I've spoke about it already. Go. I enjoy it. I'm very much liking it. I like, apparently this is not actually a prequel because they're not allowed to be a prequel because it's not the same rights. They don't. They actually don't have the rights to the Lord of the Rings books. They have the rights to the appendices. All right, okay. Right, yeah, but so, I mean, like... it is a prequel because it, it has the same look about it, it has the same feel about it, it has the same, like, same like, kind of score and stuff like that. So it's very much in that Right. And it's, char- it's characters from, like, Gladriel's a character from... Yes. You know, yeah, yeah, so it is... Um, yeah, yeah. Not, Gladriel, I think, is fantastic. She's phenomenal. Um, the girl who plays her, um, Morphid yeah. Clark, I think her name is. She's yeah, from St. Maud. St. Maud, um, yeah. She was excellent. Um, I like Peter Mullen popping up in it. That was that was enjoyable. Briefly, but, yeah, he was... Um, how good is Lady Henry in it? Lenny excellent. His Irish He's accent very... is pretty on point as well, which is pretty good. Yeah, you, you kind of forget that Lenny Henry... Can act. Do you know what I mean? Did you do forget? He's, he's more than just an advert on TV for some hotel. Like, is he, can I? Is this the best Lenny Henry performance since Chef? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I think we're agreeing on that. Yeah. I think I think it damn well could be. But um, and I love I'm Chef. Good. I'm not. I'm not mocking Chef. I like Chef. No, no. <laughs> chef. Chef's a lot of fun. Um, yeah. and, and what we're saying about every scene is visually oh stunning. Just draw drop. See where the money went. He, yeah, definitely. There's no doubt about it. That you know, the the money never went to cast. Put it that way. It, it was definitely thrown into the, the VFX, which are which are phenomenal. Um, I think what I'm hearing is they've spent time on this and they're not changing things at the last minute. Whereas I think um, Marvel have a tendency to change things very late on in the day, which is causing a lot of problems with their visual effects. But She-Hulk, I've enjoyed. We'll talk in a minute. Um, but some of the visual effects on that are a little bit dodgy because of what they're doing. But yeah. no, Lord of the Rings, I'm really, or, or was it Lord of the Rings? Was it, um, Lord, Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power? Rings of Power, sorry. Yeah. Um, so I'm liking the way it's setting up the story. I'm liking it's bringing characters that I kind of know. I like there's a bit of mystery with regard to the stranger. Um, yeah. I've got an idea of who he might be. We'll talk to you off mic about who I think that is. Okay. Um, um, and there's just really some really lovely stuff because you can spend as much as the films had some amazing character stuff in it, but there were still three other films that tried to tell like four different stories and they have to move at a decent pace. Yeah. Just lovely, like just really nice interpersonal moments. Like yeah. it's a bit that really touched me. The bit when it's like the elf and the dwarf are talking and he goes something along the lines of you went away for 50 years. Yeah. And, and the elf sort of got like, yeah, but it's only 50 years ago. Yeah, but that's the dwarf. Like that's my lifetime. That's uh, my life. Yeah, that was great. That was really yeah. touching the idea of like an elf, you know, elf lived for a thousand years and no yeah. one really, so what is a hundred years to an elf? It's not anything, but to other people, it's everything. My whole fucking life, you know, being uh-huh. an elf. And that just, you mean. Yeah. Stuff like that was yeah. genuinely touching. I enjoyed the, the dwarfs needed to come into a bit of like sort of levity, I thought was required yeah. for them. Yeah, um, I really enjoyed that. But um, no, I'm digging it. I'm really liking it. So I'm cool. looking forward um, to watching I'm episode four. Glad. Have you started watching um, Game of Thrones yet? I'm not watching Game of Thrones. You're not going to go for it, okay? I didn't, I, I, I didn't love the, the original Game of Thrones and enough to invest in this. Um, in this yeah. I'm, I'm still watching that, so I watched um, episode. Four. All I'll say about this this week's one is it was it was a filthy one. It was very dirty. So yeah, was... I feel like that's all you get from it. Like, like I don't need that. You know, it's like I just one, what, like... you know, it's like, so one week it's it's all political. The next week it's quite a violent one. And then the next week it's a dirty one. Then it'll go back to political. And then it'll maybe Aye. have half and half, and then back to it. That is definitely sticking to. The tried and tested formula, um, which is a shame. I'd like to see it being brave enough to be its own thing, but I don't think I'm going to get that. But I'm no. invested now. That's me. You're in, you're involved in it four, now. Yes, four in now, so I'm going to you know kind of I'll see it through um, for this season anyway. And to be fair, everyone who I know who likes Lord of the Rings, who is watching it, has enjoyed it. So it's obviously mm. it's doing what it wants to do for its audience. So definitely yeah. that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, she Hulk enjoying it a lot. I really the um, the most recent episode when. Was it the most recent one or the one before? The one when um, 
the magician. That has been my favourite one so far. Yeah. That 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 uh, the girl character. Madison is, was phenomenal. Madison is yeah. amazing. Two ends in a Y, but not what you think. Yeah, she she <laughs> she's just like she should win the films. You know I mean? yeah. She's just such. Well, a, he's giving a, a spin off of her and Wong on adventures. Yeah, just doing shit. Um, this week's one, I thought, was a bit of a weird one. Have you seen this week's one? Yes, enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. Costumes, a bit of a weird one. I thought it was just kind of seemed to be. Angling at nothing, do you know what I mean? Like, no, I liked it because I thought it, it, it really got to the, I think, the heart of like the idea that you begin to see a, a difference between She Hulk and Jennifer Walters. Whereas, you know, the Hulk says, or Bruce Banner says in the first episode, like, so there's no other voice in your head. And she's like, no, it's just me. Just, I have to look like this. Yeah. Whereas I think you're not seeing a different voice in her head. You begin to see she, she began to treat the entities as separate. Because it's people, like confidence. People, it's like, yes. Yeah, yeah. People like yeah. one part. People really like one half of it, but not the other half. And it's not always. Yeah. Not everyone likes the She-Hulk part. You know, our friends seem to like the Jennifer Walters yeah. part of her. Yeah. But like, obviously, the thing she, she's obviously craving, like you know, affection and love, and, yeah. and guys seem to gravitate more towards the She-Hulk aspect yeah, of her. So. The, the, the yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Um, no, I really like, and it's just that, that the end of the third episode, the last, not that one, but on the floor when it's like she has the thing with the guy, and then he wakes up in the morning and she's there as not a she Hulk. Yeah. That was, so, that was genuinely quite kind of sad. Yeah. I thought, like, you know, this the reaction of him was like, yeah, oh. kind of felt so. You felt bad for him. Sorry for you. Oh my yeah. God, that's, that's horrible. Yeah. Um, the, the CGI on it, so it is dodgy. I was talking to Andy about this, um, and he was saying that he read, see, he was reading something online, um, and and what this was proposing is that what we're used to seeing is Hulk, who's oh. a big fucking monstrous tower and these proportions are all out of whack because he's the fucking Hulk. Whereas Jane is basically a big tall woman, do you know what yeah, I mean? But she's it's... green, so that's your mind. But I find I still find when I see the eyes and stuff like that, I'm like, that looks like a PlayStation game. When she's sitting talking at a table with say on the dates and stuff, I was a bit shaded. Mm. It's fine. It's just, it's like, I have no problem with that. It's when it's, she's like walking, like, the most recent when she's walking out of the courtroom, it looked yeah. like a CG, it looked like a computer, it, it looked like a computer looks game. It's weird the way she's, she's walking. She doesn't move right, the boy doesn't yeah. move right. So yeah. it, it yeah. did look bad. And I think part of that is to do with Marvel's new idea of, not a new idea, Marvel's sort of poor um, the way it upholds you know, CGI artists where it gives mm. them one thing on a Monday, tells them they've got two weeks to do it, and then on the Tuesday, tell them, oh, you've actually got a week to do it, or you only got four days to do it, but you've actually got to change all this as well. So and, they're, they're um, cutting schedules and stuff like that. From causing this what problem. I've heard, they're cutting pay as well. I think these yeah. guys are massively underpaid and overworked as well. Very um, much so. Um, but it's because someone, I was listening to our podcast here, Tom, but this and going like, okay, you need some CGI for some things. Why couldn't they Lord the Rings this at times, you know, and have it like, you know, you know, they've done with, when they shot Lord of the Rings, they had like, you know, forced perspective and stuff like that, and they had... Yeah. Why couldn't they do that? Like, what, what's the reason why they're not being able to do that? It doesn't take. I think Marvel's starting to churn stuff out. Just oh, you bet, yeah. Production line and now. That would take I mean, too I, much time and effort. I think that would add getting, time to the shooting. I think we're hitting quantity over quality now with Marvel, possibly. And it hurts me to say that because, dude, yeah. you're massive, massive Marvel yeah. fans. But there's, I mean, I don't know. What, what was. There's been nothing like. Fucking wow, blow your mind away since Endgame. Well, well movie wise, I would agree, yes. Yeah, the movies, yeah. haven't, movies definitely have not lived up to the hype. Um, but I've enjoyed this immensely. The She Hulk, I thought it was excellent. I'm, I'm, and I'm, I'm enjoying it despite its problems. In terms it's, of like, the yeah, CGI oh, no, and stuff. I can, I can yeah. see through all that. Um, it, it is, it's definitely light. Um, you know, and it, it doesn't feel what I like is they're not forcing, same with Moon Knight as well, is they're not forcing the characters into a particular affiliation or where no. they're going to line up in the future. And I like that. I like just kind of, yeah. there's a character, do you know what I mean? And they can do whatever they want them later on, yeah. but they're not shoehorning them in somewhere, which yeah. they kind of tend to do quite a lot as well. Yeah. So She Hulk, um, we're enjoying. Anything else of interest you want to mention on the TV viewing? Yes, what do you want to talk um, about? I binged it. Um, Utterly, utterly binged it. Cobra Kai. Oh, right, okay. I've never watched it. A new season was it? I was uh, channel hopping during the week and, and I seen Cobra Kai and I was like, oh, God, I've seen it. And then I realised, wait a minute, it's a whole new season had been dropped <laughs> and um, I totally binged the shit out of Cobra Kai. So that's me done season five now of Cobra Kai. Um, just for the, the, the listeners at home, um, currently in IMDb, my rating for Cobra Kai is 10 out of 10. Okay, uh, this seems to be your like version of like Stranger Things that you enjoy this in the same way I really dig Stranger Things. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, but well, I like Stranger Things as well. But I think it's 
do I grew up with Cratty Kids, do you know what I mean? Fair enough. Cratty Kid was my thing where I was kinda of growing up, um, you know, I was like a kind of teenager and grew up with Alf Mackey, I was Cratty Kid and Mr. Miyagi and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. For me, this is just pure nostalgia and that's what I love about the show is it's it knows exactly what it is right. and it kind of plays to its strengths. It plays to nostalgia, it throws all these old characters, you know, and you love and stuff like that. And it's unashamedly cheesy as fuck, do you know what I mean? Because okay. it's it's meant to be, do you know what I mean? It's you know, it, it kind of embraces the eighties culture and it embraces see, all these kind of characters like Elizabeth Shoe and stuff like that to bring her back, do you know what I mean? So okay. just kind of they just go for it in a big way and it's not trying to be clever, it's not trying to be wow, it's not trying to be like John Wicker and all that. It's mm. just pure nonsense, but it's just so so much fun. I don't um, think I get it from it because I think we talked about this before. I have not seen one Karate Kid movie. Yeah, so you, yeah, you do. I think having the love of it, I'd probably say it holds up with minimal knowledge, but yeah, I think if you kind of love Karate Kid, then you, you would. There's a lot more there, um, yeah. I would challenge anybody that says I like Karate Kid to say they don't like this. Aye, I think the whole point of it, from what I remember, it's, it's this one is about the the baddie and Karate Kid essentially yeah. getting a redemptive arc. So if you don't know Mr. Yeah. Baddie from the Karate Kid movies, you're going to struggle to understand why he's important. Yeah. So yeah. Not, I've never watched Karate Kid, so I'm, I know for a fact I'm not going to. Into it, so it's one of those shows. That I'm happy people who like it are enjoying it, like yourself. Yeah, but I know I'm not going to um, invest any time in it. Oh no, dude! I was like a, a kid when I seen it was on again. And then, like I say, I think I binged. I sat up to one in the morning last night watching the last five. Um, it was, it was just like hold my eyes open, but like I'm not going to bed till, till I've finished this. Um, amazing fun. Anyone that, that that's got any kind of appreciation for that kid, please watch it because you know, absolutely. Wait yourself. Um, Lovely. Um, last thing I'll mention is one that's on Amazon Prime this now that I, um, I very much enjoy is the Star Trek Lower Decks, the cartoon series. Oh, is it any good? Very, very good. Very old school Star Trek. Um, yeah. Very funny. It's, it's it's silly, but it's very much in the Star Trek universe, and it's probably the best Star Trek thing I've seen since you know the, the series is all ended. Like you know, Voyager generation and Some of the old live action ones just haven't quite been up to. Like yeah, really been up to it. Yeah. Um, but no, I really dug it. Um, it's it, there's a lot of this is basically based on the concept of like these are the guys, the, the grunts, basically, that yes. are me the food chain on, on the ship and the adventures they get up to, basically. exactly. And um, but you also have like you have like the, the people you know floating in and out at now and again as well. And um, it's got what's his name from the boys doing the voice of the main ensign, um, Meg Ryan's kid. All right, okay, Jack. Jack, okay. yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he's doing it. So he's doing the voices and stuff like that. Um, uh, one of the voices. I mean, it's, well, it's just it's what um, minutes long, very enjoyable. What what timeline is it set in? Is it set yeah, in? Cap- uh, what sorts Picard and all that? Picard and stuff like that. Yeah. So you've got. Right. They, they obviously they obviously reference Kirk and Archer. He's sort of still the yeah. man, obviously. Um, yeah. But it's, yeah. They are they, on a ship that's. I think it's called the Alitos or something. I can't remember. Oh, I'm forgetting the name of it now. Which is sort of one of the kind of grunt ships that doesn't really get all the joy. So they all want to be on the Enterprise. That's the, the Enterprise is still the rock star crew and they mm. want to be involved with them, but they're stuck in a sort of like civilian ship that no one really cares about. And it's sort of just there to do all the kind of really dogs. They, they arrive at a planet after the Enterprise has had the adventure and they've got to kind of sweep up the mess and stuff like that. And right. it's very fun, very enjoyable. And the only um, thing about it, it's only 25 I, minutes long an episode and they only drop once a week. And it's I could, I could get into that, but it's, it's nice, it's it's nice, but I want to binge it. Is it adult or, or kids? or adult, it more adult. Is it, right, yeah. cool. I'll definitely check it out because I have been, exactly what you were saying at the beginning is um, Star Trek since, I'm going to say since Voyager, I find anything after has been Pretty lackluster, and unless yeah. you're like a hardcore fan, it's just I have enjoyed. I've enjoyed all the movies since. Yeah. Um, the reboots, you mean, or even the reboots? I enjoyed the reboots a lot yeah, as well. And yeah. um, didn't really enjoy Into Darkness quite as much. Into Darkness, the one with um, yeah, and one with Cumber, yeah. one with Cumberbatch. Didn't really enjoy yeah, that one quite yeah. as much. But the last one I yeah. thought was fantastic. Um, the Star Trek Beyond, the last one, yeah, I think that's yeah, what I really yeah. like. So I've I've enjoyed all the movies, and I've always enjoyed the original series, enjoyed Generations. Enjoyed Voyager a lot as well. Enjoyed Deep Space Nine. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I am definitely more. I'm a Trekkie at heart. So um, I, I've really enjoyed. No, the same. I just can't seem to find any that the spark for any of these newer shows. It just I don't know. Maybe old old school Trekker, I guess. Is Again, because I remember watching Star Trek straight after school at six o'clock on like a you know yeah. a Wednesday or something. It was on BBC Two, and I sit and watch That's it. Right, yeah. Or even watch on like that a, then. 
then Top Gear straight after. Yeah, or even like an, yeah. uh, I think it's something was shown on like a, a Saturday or Sunday morning, like sort of on channels. Like so, I remember watching that. My dad's a massive Star Trek fan, so he'd all the mm. the box sets and stuff like that, and all the movies. So I remember watching them religiously. Mm. Um, and think like so, I think I think I knew more. I think I knew about Star Trek before I knew about um. Like Star Wars, I was always like more of a Trek man, and um, I had I'd like like sort of big posters of like the Enterprise design plans and stuff up on my wall when I was a kid and stuff like that. So I'm very much a yeah. involved in it. Really, have nothing in the house that's Star Trek related, which is very odd. But I'm, I am definitely much more of a Trek fan than I am a, uh, a Star Wars fan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I know you don't have to be one or the other. I know that yeah. you can be both. Yeah, embrace it all. You know, yeah. science fiction just um, and the all. Yeah. Just very quickly, one last thing. I want to mention before we move on to, to movies and, and, and all things cinematic. Um, Kings of Pain, I'm still on it. <laughs> <laughs> We're now episodic on it, so I've caught up now and I need to wait every Wednesday to see what these maniacs are going to get, get hurt by now. Um, okay. So this week it was um, poisonous ants. Um, they did put their hand into a vat of like thousands of ants and let them sting them for a minute and stuff like that, and it's fucking great. Dude, do you need to watch it? No, I'm not. I don't like that. I hate reality TV. I'm not going to watch it. It's 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 not right. No, it's it, it. This is factual. Television's a factual. T- it's on. It's on a Discovery Channel. Actually. I think the problem is there's so much good TV I want to watch that the chance of me watching something I'm only half interested in is so unlikely. Oh, dude, it's so compelling. Um, there's an episode coming up soon where they let sharks bite them. Okay, not going to watch that at all. That seems madness. Um, and another one where they, they let eels and electric eels and the wee shrimps that fucking. Pinch things, bite them as well, which okay. I'm excited for. I'm not gonna watch it. But okay, I'm glad. I'm again. I'm happy that you're watching it. And you're enjoying. It. <laughs> um, anyway, let's move on. To, let's move on to movies. Um, some cinema, some big movies are not in cinemas, and it's very mm. intriguing. So we'll start with one that's not in the cinema. The one that's on Disney Plus, um, mm. and that is Disney's latest um, venture live into action. live action of its animated classics. And um, this one is the Pinocchio, which came out I think in the nineteen. 19- 40s, I'm going to say, 1939, something like that. The, the Disney version, uh, yeah, but I think there's been versions of Pinocchio before that. Oh, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's an old story. It's, 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 it's the yeah. Disney version, because there's going to be another version of Pinocchio later on this year from um, uh, Del Toro. Del Toro. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, 1940 was when it first came out, so the Disney version came out in 1940. Yeah. Um, this one is directed by Robert Zemeckis, the man behind, obviously, Back to the Future, um, but more recently behind the reboot of The Witches. He done mm. that. He also mm. done the film Allied, Polar Express, Welcome to Marwin. Um, obviously, Who Framed Roger Rabbit as well. He's got he's got sort of um, kudos. Yeah, he's, he's he's Hollywood royalty. Yes, yeah, Hollywood royalty. And we'll get yeah. onto that in a little minute. Um, his Hollywood royalty status at this point in time. Um, so the plot of this film is very simple. It's the same story as the, the cartoon we've all seen. Um, a very lonely um, carpenter, Whittles, uh, a puppet named Pinocchio. He wishes on a star that it would become a real boy. Lo and behold, that star grants the wish and he becomes a real boy. Um, along the way, the real boy, the, the Pinocchio is a puppet. He wants to become a proper real boy, not just a puppet. And he's got a little cricket called Jimmy Cricket, who is his conscience, Jimmy. to help yeah. him on his way. Um, along the way, he gets kidnapped and falls under the, the wing of various dodgy people um, yeah. as his dad tries to find him and save him. That's essentially it, yes? Pretty much, yeah. 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 It's Pinocchio. It's Pinocchio. It's Pinocchio. Yeah. We've all fucking seen Pinocchio, right? <laughs> um, interesting, you know, the you know Disney, the D23, um, you know, the big sort of announcement thing? They announced a film based on the star that everyone wishes upon, the origin story of the star. Disney Thus proving to, Disney has no fucking ideas. They, they need to just, yeah, they need to just step back. Do you know what I mean? Let people yeah. catch up with all the shit they've churned out recently, and you know, just go in their room yeah. and just think of some originality. Yeah. Yeah. So like I said, this is the um, the most recent version of um, a live action version based on an animated classic that they've done. Um, I think we can probably agree that most of the ones they've done so far have been lackluster. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. There's been none that has been like well. Uh, yeah. At all. yeah, um, yeah. And this one you've got Tom Hanks playing Geppetto, and but everyone yeah. loves him. But Tom, you've got yeah. Josh and Gordon Levitt. He does the voice of um, Jiminy Cricket. Jiminy the Cricket. Um, yep. You've also got Cynthia Erivo. She plays the Blue Fairy. Yep. Um, you've got Luke Evans. He plays. Oh, it's a character's name. Like his part was very throwaway, wasn't it? Yeah, he's in it. Yeah. And yeah. He, Keegan Michael Key. He plays the the wily fox, who's the kind of try. Yeah. I can't remember his name now. He's got a name. I can't remember the name of it now. Um, Lorraine Bracco plays uh, a seagull. Um, yeah. And Shelia Atim plays a new character in it who's sort of like a wee girl who works in the, the puppet show who sort of yeah. friends him in some way. Yeah. Um, I'm going to start on this one, Colin. I watched this. I was really weird. I didn't... 
I know I've seen Pinocchio in the past. Like I definitely have as a kid. We've all seen Pinocchio. I didn't realize remember how many of the songs I knew from Pinocchio. Yeah, yeah, like I didn't know the one yeah. uh, actor's life for me was a yeah. Pinocchio song. I didn't know that one, for yeah. example. Uh, I knew obviously Puppet uh, was it. There are no strings on me. I knew that yeah. was Pinocchio. Yeah. I knew Wish Upon a Star. star. Yeah. Um, Disney. But, um, Disney. Um, yeah. A lot of it came back. A lot of it back. If I remember, we've all watched the cartoon as kids probably many, many times. So it, all the beats yeah. were very similar. In fact, yeah. some of them were almost shot for shot. It was very, it was so similar. Yeah. Um, but can I just say this was quite possibly one of the most soulless remakes. Of a classic I've ever seen in my life. Yes. It, it just felt like nothing. There's nothing when I'm watching it that felt real. Yeah. Everything felt fake. Didn't feel yeah. fake in the same way Paul Express feels fake. It just felt like no one was actually It just felt everything was just dead. It's just felt very forced. And I think it's uh-huh. also the point of it. it I think it's, it's just why. Why yeah. why did it, why why was this needed? Who's asking yeah. for this? And do you know what I mean? That, that, I, that's what it boils down to. Is, it's the point I've always yeah. said. That anim- people seem to treat animation as a a, a genre. Mm. So if you do it in this genre, you can then do it again in a different genre, which is live action. Like, number one, mm. animation is not a genre. It's a medium in which to tell a story. Yeah. So you're going to take it from the animation medium and tell it again. Do something. Make it interesting. You know, Aye. the same way you could take, you could in, te- in theory tell Die Hard and Claymation if you wanted to, right? Yeah. If you're going to do that, make sure you do something that makes it worthwhile telling it in a different medium. Yeah. And this film didn't do anything that made it worthwhile telling it in a different medium. As you as you point out, there is a lot of like like direct lifts from. Ah. Uh-huh. I mean, it's like that. This is like you side by side. I mean, like yep, check, check, check. Yeah, yeah. Um. So quick. Yeah. Same as you. I was kind of getting through it. Um. Yep. It's long as well. It, it drags. Um, plushies, like, let's try and find plushies on it. Hanks was all right. He does Hanks. feel very lost, and I think he's working. He's working with nothing, and um, yeah, I think even his charm felt kind of in, in a sea of nothingness, unfortunately, because he's working against not yeah. uh, like, against like a essentially a blue screen. I'm but guessing a lot of the time. Being Hanks, I think it still gives it that professionalism that a lot yes. of other actors wouldn't. They, they probably would have maybe thought, you know, this is nonsense. But Hanks. He's still Tom Hanks. Professional, yeah. 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 I'm I'm enjoying um, this. I'm enjoying this Tom Hanks. His last two films have been him doing very dodgy European accents. It's there's something yeah, quite yeah. joyful about that. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's in his fuck you, I'm doing accents period of his life now, right? <laughs> That's uh, yeah, and yeah, he's, he's interesting because he sounds like Tom Hanks with an accent. Yeah, I enjoy Keegan Michael Key in the role as the fox. I thought he brought a lot of energy to it, and it's, and it's a shame that I know in the cartoon again that role is quite small and it mm. and what's in the film. The cartoon is in the this version of it, yeah. but I enjoyed the energy he brought to it. Um, in, yeah, in that um, role, so. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, I thought was for me anyway, possibly the standout. You enjoy him in it, did you? I, I enjoyed his performance as Jiminy okay. Cricket. I thought he, he, he I think he, he brought gave, energy to it. Yeah, you kind of felt for that wee character. Do you know what I mean? And when he was cold and stuff like that, and do you know what I mean? You were like, go help him, Jiminy, yeah. and you kind of looked for Jiminy Cricket. Um, the 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 blue fairy. Her voice was terrible. I don't, mm. she a, I don't know who she is. She's I don't a know if she's a singer. Back in hell, well, she's, on, she's on Broadway, I believe. Um, since she done, she won, she wow. won on a Tony for, um, I think it was in um, Color Purple. Um, I with that, seriously, did that? I winced at some of the notes she was hitting. Like, oh my god! And I don't mean in a good way. I mean, like, mm. like oh fuck, you're pitchy. Um, maybe I fucking the volume of my TV was off or something. But mm. I thought she was terrible, man. Do you know what she does? Do you remember she does the um the song in um Bad Times at El Royale? Vaguely rings a bell. Yeah, she's in Widows as well. Do you remember that one? She's in Widows. Yeah. I don't know what happened in this, but she was fucking that was terrible. Her singing was that mm. performance as the fairy was fine. It's just the singing. That's terrible, 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 terrible singing. Yeah, it was yeah. absolutely awful. Well, what we get to with this is let's um I'm trying, I'm trying not to be offensive to the man because he has he has done some of the great movies of all time. You know, he's done stuff like Death Becomes Her and Back to the Future and you know everything else that he's done in his in his career. You know, he's the man is Zemeckis. Zemeckis. What's he done in the last ten years? That's... This is my point. What is Zemeckis is churning out some really poor films? I would yeah. say right now, um, already if not poor, average films. I would say you know stuff that just feels very black. Average, safe. Films, yeah, and yeah, yeah. you know, because I'm done contact, and contact one of my favorite films, and I think this nothing's 
so in recent years he's done The Witches, which I thought was very blah. Welcome to Marvin had something about it, but felt a bit lost. I mm. liked one with um, Brad Pitt, set in like sort of you know World War Two. Like, I've Morocco. not seen. I know the one you mean. Oh no, I did see that. Yeah, that was rubbish. Yeah, and, I did. Yeah, enjoyed it, but it wasn't quite what I wanted. We did talk about the walk recently. We did quite enjoy the walk. The walk was all right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But again, very much a three star movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Flight, yeah. I thought a great opening, but then became very much a you know a TV movie. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Christmas Carol, not a fan of it. Freaks me out. Yeah. Version. Beowulf wasn't a fan. Polar Express wasn't a fan. Yeah. So the last good film he probably done was Castaway, which was fifty two thousand. Right, twenty two. Yeah, he just seems to. I don't know if he's confined himself to 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 you know shit movie limbo yeah. or if it's uh you know it's just he's just wanting money now. I, I know, don't know what's going on, but it's, he, before this he done. Used Cars, followed by Romancing the Stone, followed by Back to the Future, Back to the Future 2, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Back to the Future 3, Death Becomes Her, Forrest Gump, Contact, What Lies Beneath, and Castaway. So it was a point he was just he was churning out just genuine... Bold. The, the man should have retired. He should have done Castaway and then just thought, I'm done. And yeah. his career would have been pinnacle, do you know what I mean? They've been underneath Spielberg possibly, do you know what I mean? Well, he, he was been he was essentially being groomed to be the next Spielberg, because actually obviously mm-hmm. Spielberg was involved in a lot of his early movies, you know, yeah. sort of and, and a producer yeah. or sort of like, you know from the sidelines sort of guiding him and things like that so yeah. he was very much in that mould of making those ambling kind of movies, but yeah he seemed, once he, again, he got he got interested in technology a little bit too much, I think Yeah, you know, he's kind of sucked his soul away possibly? A little bit, yeah yeah, yeah. Because so, the thing with things like Castaway and stuff like that is it's it's, it's performance. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's just driven by performance. Whereas yeah, this kind of nonsense like Pinocchio and stuff like that. As you say, you've got somebody like Tom Hanks acting to a, a green screen. It's, you know it's not going to work. Yeah. But Hanks must like him. Hanks has worked in the what three films Hanks has done with him. Mm-hmm. Four. Yeah. Forrest Gump. Castaway, Express. Castaway and this. Yeah. Yeah, so he's done at least four films with him, so Hanks must like him. Also, Hanks is going to get paid rather fucking handsomely from Disney for well, making Disney will Pinocchio. not. Yeah, he, yeah they, they, <laughs> Disney was definitely bound up a decent amount of cash. Also, yeah. I'm by straight to, um, I think, I don't know if it's a, it's a sign of how much confidence they had in it, but straight to, straight to um, streaming with it as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this is starting to kind of annoy me a bit with Disney. It's like um, even Love and Thunder, for example. Um, yeah. It's still in the cinemas just now. It's on Disney. It's on, it's on Disney, and it's that's what they're doing is because in the cinema, and then what six weeks? There you go. Twelve weeks usually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, straight on, and it's like it, it kind of steals that magic. So I mean, like, let let it kind of brew. You know, let everyone see it in the cinema. Let that anticipation build for a year. Do you know what I mean? And then. You kind of drop it. We don't live in that culture now. Come people want it now, now, now. They want it yeah, at home. I, can, now, now, I now. know, I know. Um, and and that's what's going to be the death of cinemas, unfortunately. Indeed. Um, sadly. Um, out of ten for Pinocchio. Out of ten, I'm going to give it. A, I'll give it a five because it did. It did. I thought Pinocchio himself, um, in Germany, were a bit cartoony CGI. It was very. Shiny cartoony, but yeah. other than that, the actual kind of sets and stuff are look wonderful. Um, Hanks gave the best for what he had, and Joseph Gordon Levitt saved it for me. I'll give it a five. Okay, I'm giving it a three. Oh, oof, oof. I just found it's just utterly soulless, like just so yeah. soulless. It just yeah. it, it bothered me how lack of how much the lacking of emotion and in, in his way of trying to force you to feel. When there was nothing about it. Also, it annoyed me that it wasn't a whale, some kind of fucking weird giant squid whale thing. I, I wanted a whale. Plus, as well, um, I, I was going to say spoilers, and like, it's fucking Pinocchio. Pinocchio. Don't get <laughs> I, I know, spoilers. At the end of the cartoon, he becomes a real boy. Oh, yeah. Joe was very this, angry at that part, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And this, it's like, where's, where's the fucking payoff? I want to see, you know, real life fucking cute blonde haired boy Pinocchio. And yeah. yeah, they don't fucking do it, which was a bit, mm-hmm. what the fuck? Yeah, get it here first. Colin wants to see young blonde boys. <laughs> <laughs> At least they're not wearing the fucking kids' t-shirt. That's true. I'm, I'm wearing a t-shirt, a Rugrats t-shirt. <laughs> um, yeah, um, but yeah. So three out of ten for me, five out of ten for you. Right. So oh, average of four. Average of four. Which, so I'm yeah, gonna... I'd say it deserves. It. If, if you were to ask me next week, I would probably agree with you on your three stars. Um, so yeah. yeah, I think you're, I'm... Gonna, you're, you're 
being overly kind. Anyway, yeah. all right, come on to the second film of the day, which is one that I've seen, you've not seen, and it's called Bodies, 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 um, directed by Helen Regina, Regin, E-R-E-I-J-N, I believe it is, so Helena Regin, I'm probably cool. killing that. Um, she's done a film <laughs> called Instinct. Um, she's also an actress who's done a lot of German and Dutch movie uh, TV and stuff like that, so she's more well known on the continent. Um, this okay. is probably definitely this is probably a, definitely a biggest movie to date in terms of like sort of breakthrough. Um, support this film. It's, it's quite a basic plot. There's a bunch of very privileged kids um, gather in a bit on the one of their mum and dad's houses um, for a hurricane, to have a hurricane party. Um, while they're there, they've decided to play a game called Bodies, 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 which is essentially a bit like that game that was on Murders in the Building, the, the Sam oh, game. Right, you kind of, whoever's got the murder cards of murder and you've got to eliminate yes. everyone else that's not, yeah. Yes, cool. basically cool. that game. Um, yeah. But during the game, people start turning up dead. Um, so they start having this, so now there's an actual distrust of who could be the killer. And, you know why are they killing? You know because it has to be one of them in the house, obviously. Yeah. And then it, the, the story all spirals from there essentially. So what I'm taking for I've seen the trailers um, um, and I've read the Bob stuff. So this to me is like what's what I'm going to dub as now the the, the Gen Z horror film. I would don't know. That's a fair point, but it's, it's, it's reductive and sort of it's very simplistic. But yes, that is essentially what it is. It's a Gen Z horror film because yeah. um, there's no one really. Major in it, you would probably know a lot. There's um, Amanda Stenberg, um, who I did recognize from a few things, um, Maria Bakalova from the Borat films, she's in it. Um, you got Rachel Sennett, Lee Pace turns up in it as well, and oh, Pete good. Davidson, um, the guy, um, and Chase, Chase Sweet Wonders, and Michael La Harald as well. And so there's a lot of names that I can't pronounce in it, yeah. so they're essentially all people are in the film. Um, so it's quite a cliched setup, you know, gathering a big mm. house during a storm, something's going to go wrong, you obviously know something's going to happen. But it does, it does amaze me a bit to start to sort of set up that there is tension between the friends before this all happens. You know, there's, there's a natural almost distrust with each other. They all love each other. Well, they don't love each other. They all know each other, but they don't like each other maybe a little bit. They're sort of maybe friends yeah. by association because they all lived in the same area and maybe they all come from that same rich, preppy background. Yeah. Um so it's quite cliched, but for 85, and it's 85 of its 95 minutes, it's executed pretty well. Actually, I thought it was pretty well done. Some nice tension moments, some good kind of sort of set pieces where it's all, all unfolds. And I was kind of, I was digging it. The final 10 minutes is a real shift as to what has actually happened and why it's happened. Um, I understand what they're trying to pull off from a sort of a tonal point of view and trying to make a bigger point about society. But mm-hmm. to me, it felt really weak and it felt like a bit of a cheat when it came to the, explaining the end of the film, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Maria Bakalov, I thought was excellent. She made an absolute standard and I'm really impressed what she does with her career because I think she's so far done some really good stuff. Um, and even in average films, she's a really good, she has a standout. Like she was very good in the Borat film, which I thought was a lot of fun. She's in that film, The Bubble, which was really bad, but she was actually very good in it. Um, and then same with that, she's actually playing a very different role in this, but again, very good in it as well. Um, but all the performances are good, some decent scares and kind of jumps. Uh, it does build attention well. So I've been intrigued to see what, they do, what she does as a director later on. Um, I, I was saying what to give it, and I was I was kind of going to give it a six out of ten, but I'll probably push it to a seven out of ten because Ooh. eighty-five out of ninety-five it was well done, and it's not a horror in terms of a lot of gore. Yeah. It's not. We'll get to one of those in a minute. Yeah. Um, there's you know there's there's violence in it, and there's definitely shocks in it, but it's not bludgeoning people to death and seeing blood flying over the camera. So it's um, yeah. it, it does a lot without showing a lot, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. So so for the most um, part, I enjoyed it. Just to quickly, before we jump on to the next horror film, um, just to tag on to this kind of Gen Z horrors. Um, so this morning I watched, eventually watched Scream, the yeah. 2022 version. Scream, not Scream, you watch Scream. Scream, yeah. Yeah, not Scream, you watch Scream. Scream, yeah, yeah. I watched Scream, <laughs> not Scream. It was Scream, um, a.k.a. Stab, um, yeah. 8. <laughs> um, yeah. Sorry, um, I enjoyed it more as... I, I thought it was too self-referencing, um, and I thought... A lot of like, like quoting other horror films doesn't make you clever. Um, do you know what I mean? It's, it's like referencing like the Babadook and you know it fault. It's just like a, a series of, of references in it, which I didn't think was as clever as I thought it would have been. What I did enjoy more was I thought it was gorier than the other screen films. Um, screen yeah. films which I enjoyed. Um, so that was fun. So that that's my take on Scream overall. Not too bad. I'd give it a five out of ten. 
I give it, I think I give it seven. I really enjoyed it a lot. You, I enjoyed it a lot you, more than you. I mean, you you were kind of quite impressed by um, how kind of meta and stuff that I was, whereas I was quite opposite. I was like, fucking hell. Well, I didn't really like the meta of, of like sort of the horror stuff, or because that's that to me is like cliche. But I like the fact yeah. the idea of like toxic fandom. I enjoyed that. You know, this idea yeah. of like what you know you being a fan allows yeah. you to you know have a, a say over. I enjoyed that aspect of it. So I enjoyed the idea of it, like it's almost a bit like the Matrix Revolution, not Matrix Revolution, the new Matrix from the Matrix yeah. War, where yeah. it's almost poking up not Pokemon, it's slapping the face of people who think they know more. You know, mm-hmm. the people who think I love this film, I based my whole life on this type of film and it's just slapping around the head with it. And I, I kinda of enjoyed that aspect of it. Um, the one thing I will say about Scream um is the 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 murderer, the actress I won't say who she is in case yeah. people haven't seen her, but the actress that plays her, yeah, she for the second she's on screen, you know she's the baddie, because she's just got one of those faces. She's never going to be at no I, instantly as soon as I because she's just got that face. You're like you are. You, she that that face is typecast. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Like yeah, it's her. Um, instantly, dude, it was like not not a hesitation. Like just she popped up and I was like, yeah, there, there you go. Fair enough. I didn't see that. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay. Um, On from that, let's go to a film that's in the cinemas now, a horror film, and it's called Crimes of the Future. Um, Directed by David Cronenberg, um, Mm -hmm. who has obviously done such amazing horrors as Eraserhead, Scanners, The Fly, um, also known for things like um, The Elephant Man as well. Videodrome. Was was he ever on planet or was that David Lynch? Uh, David Lynch. David Lynch. Um, He was Videodrome as well. Um, Videodrome as well. Um, Recently, not been quite as um, horror. Centric, he's been sort yeah. of a, he's shining away from the horror. This is his first sort of true horror, probably since existence. Probably, yeah. Has he done anything in between? Yeah, he has. He's probably been busy. He done that one with uh, Cosmopolis or something that was like um, with um, Twilight Boy. Right. Like, I've just blanked on there, and it's, it's really bad. We actually do quite like him as an actor. Um, uh, Robert Pattinson, he yep. the one minute said, All set in a limo, member. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah done that one. I mm-hmm. thought was really good. Um, what has he, has he done recently? He's done. Maps to the Stars, which was a weird film, which I didn't really like that much. He did Cosmopolis, that's one with um, Patterson. Um, he done A Dangerous Method, which was the one about um, Sigmund Freud and Carol Young. Um, he did one called uh, Eastern Promises with Viggo Mortensen, I believe that one yeah, was. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that one, yeah. yeah, he done that one. Um, and he did one called History of Violence. It was phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so. But it is quite a departure from his usual body horror stuff like shivers and things like that that you know kind of cultivated who he was he has taken a big part so this so this is him coming back, back to his to, horror yeah back to his roots yeah yeah i remember watching david crono but i remember getting a hold of when i was like about 12 years old gonna hold a crash remember crash yeah, yeah. And I was like, I, I knew I should not be watching this film. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, oh, so I was like, 12-year-old, no, man. No. It's, Jesus, man. It's, um, that's a brutal film for a 12-year-old. Yeah, I remember knowing that I should not be watching this film. But but I between you anyway. seeing that and Reservoir Dogs when you were 12 years old, it gives me a lot of fucking insight into him. <laughs> into how my mind worked a lot you, Yeah, yeah, into your yeah. character, sir. Um, yeah. um, so anyway, <laughs> this is a film where it's set in the future and essentially... Like, um, Human evolution is sort of developing, where human bodies sort of making new organs, and essentially the government's trying to track these organs as to what they do and who they're coming from and what the purpose is. Yeah. Um, also, part of human evolution is that people don't feel pain anymore, so yeah. essentially they can do operations as almost theater, it's sort of like yeah. performance yeah. art in yeah. very odd ways. You know, they can remove body parts and remove organs, and they can have and a man who's to watch it. Getting... To watch it, you can have a man who's yeah. maybe has more ears than two, let's just say it that way. Um, And the plot revolves around a group of people who are involved in this world, um, who one is is there to track it, one's a performance artist, and one's his muse or or artist who is involved in it as well. Um, And there isn't really much of a plot in that respect. The the plot is set up early on, and then it's very sort of sparse. So I wanted wanted to speak to you about this. Desperately, because let's, let's let's talk about the cast first of all. So you're in the film, you Viggo Morrison, and um, he yeah. plays the, the, the guy whose organs are growing, and you got Leah Sedu, who is insanely attractive. It's almost disturbing how attractive yeah. she is. Very pretty, um, yeah. very very good actress, but also in, like yeah, emotionally yeah. disturbing to look at how attractive she is. Yeah, um, you get, uh, Kristen Stewart as well, and um, she, yep. she in it, and Scott Speedman pops up in it as well, and no one else really of note is in it. I would say is yeah, yeah, agreed, yeah, um, yeah. So. 
what do you want to say about it first of all, Colin? So, you're, you're, you're a Cronenberg fan. I, I do like Cronenberg a lot, and, and the thing I like so much about Cronenberg is he baffles me. Um, yes, I always come yes. out of these films and I'm like, I don't quite understand what this yep. film is about, yep. but I really liked it. Yeah. Was that Mackie, this one as well? Well, I've got a take on this one. Okay. It seems to differ from everyone else's, but in my mind, it's, I can see it clearly. So for me, the message that this film is given out, it's, um, I've taken from it, it's about, I, I guess, simply sounds pollution, but more in line of Forever Plastics, uh-huh. um, that are basically... What they're all in us now. We've seen the film maybe. Yeah. Um, Bruce Banner, not Bruce Banner, Ruffalo and stuff like that. Yeah. So these are plastic on us. Um, people are adapting to that their bodies can now assimilate these plastics yeah. and become the new food source. Um, and it's about basically Mortensen as his character is basically saying, you know what, we fucked up the planet. The plastics are there. We're evolving. There's no point in fucking fighting it. That's it. We've done it's, it. It's very nihilistic in that respect, Jess. Yeah, I don't know. That that's what I got from it. I don't know if I'm. I've been kind of reading reviews to try and find what anyone that's thinking the same. I've seen a few kind of hinting towards where my mind's gone with, but I don't. I yeah. don't know. That's that's what I got anyway. I wouldn't disagree with what you're saying. I mean, I think yeah. that is definitely a part of the film. Um, yeah, it is definitely talking about sort of. It's talking about a hope. I think it's definitely a hopelessness. To the world, yeah, oh, I would yeah, say. De- yeah, absolutely. So there's yeah. definitely there's not really much hope in this film. Um, to me, it's a film that starts with pretty much one of the most shocking things you ever imagine seeing on film, and that might be one of the more like that's almost like not even the darkest thing you see on the film. Oh yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, yeah, the opening five minutes is horrific. Yeah, <laughs> like genuinely horrendous. Because you know, but you know what, what's going on, and you're oh. like, surely this is not what I think it is, and like, uh, it is. You're like, fuck. Do you it tells a lot about our minds that? Like before you even see what's going to happen, you know what's going to happen. Mm. Like we we know this is going to happen, and even you see it, you're still shocked. But you knew it was going to happen already, so it's almost saying like yeah. we're almost even more fucked up than what is on screen yeah. because you almost saw it coming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, it is batshit bizarre in the most Cronenbergian way possible. Yeah. He is he is going full pelt. This is definitely like one for the Cronenberg fans. He is at times hitting similar beats to what he's hitting other films. So it's oh, not, yeah, yeah. it's not, it's original without being original, if that makes sense. You know, it's, it is yeah. definitely an original weird idea, but it's not him being, it's not, it's, it's, it's just him being weird. He's, he's being, it, it, it's but it's this new flesh idea that, that is kind of, it's yeah. prevalent in existence as well. Do you know what I mean? This yeah. whole new flesh video drone kind of was, is where it all started, I think, as well. And it's just a, a continuation of that, I think. Yeah, it's definitely not for everyone. I think it's, it's one for the fans. Did you yeah. walk out to the cinema for it? Um, one maybe, but yeah. there was like four people in the cinema, so yeah. I guess one, one out of four is pretty bad. It's twenty five percent, yeah. And I think it's, I think if you're going to go see a Cronenberg film, that you, you've got to expect a certain level of this. You know, if you go there and if you look at a Cronenberg film and you're shocked by what you see, I think you shouldn't have been in there in the first place. But then, yeah, if you go to a Cronenberg film not expecting to see that, why are you there in the first place? You must well? expect uh, something from yeah, it. I mean, the poster's it, not subtle either. If you're seeing the yeah. poster for it, it's pretty. It tells you on front street what's going to happen in it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I liked, I thought Viggo Morrison, Leo Sadu, and Kristen Stewart all suited his world. They seem to fit into his world. Yeah, and the same way, like K Stew's got that because she she does nihilistic very, very well. Yeah, they're all very um, deadpan. Like because there's oh, no pain in the world, everyone, no one feels pain, so everyone's very sort of flat. Yeah, just yeah. kind of fish eyed, yeah. you, you know, style of acting that suits that world perfectly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's the same way, like some actors, like like Cone Brothers, like their staple of actors, and you know, Scorsese's got his staple of actors. Mm. So it's actors who just suit a certain director's world, and yeah. I feel these three actually suit Cronenberg well, really well. You know, they, they do fit into just perfectly. They seem to, they seem to understand because it's not a world that's there's nothing in it that makes it overtly different from ours, other than this evolution thing. You know, it's, yeah. it's a it's a recognizable world. You can you can see what it is. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, kind of high tech's not a thing, but tech's still a thing. But then oh. it's high tech, but not yeah what you would expect it to be as well. Yeah, it's fucking. Weird. I didn't what what I did feel that some of it that maybe ended up in the cutting room floor that I needed. Um, like the 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 without spoilers. Um, the bit with the drills. Yeah, that felt. I didn't understand why, because the, 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 that character seemed to just float in and out with, with very, very little purpose. And I, I and didn't the, understand it. Yeah, and that purpose of what how his like story resolves felt mm. a little bit left field. Like, why did it have to revolve 
resolve that way. There's no yeah. need to do that. That was almost done for the shock value. Yeah, I think there's been stuff that that's definitely been cut that probably shouldn't have been. Or I don't know, maybe yeah. maybe it was horrible. I don't know, horrible crisis. Fucking stuff they showed it out. He, he I mean, if that's if they cut stuff out because it was too bad to show, like Jesus, what did you cut out? Because it is, <laughs> it's definitely an emotional ride. Um, yeah. Much like yourself, Cronenberg, I don't always get him. I don't mm. always understand him, but I'm always perpetually fascinated by what he does. Yeah, it's it's, it's definitely it's an art he's doing. It's a higher art form he's doing. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, obviously it's entertainment as well, and it's you know it's celluloid, but it is you know it's high concept stuff. Like, yeah. You know, way way above Christopher Nolan and shit like that. Yeah. Like, Aye, so, his ideas are way beyond that. It's like it's yeah. not just me timey wimey things. He's doing something yeah. much different. You know, I think fucked up that he's Canadian. You, you think he was some madman from like New York or something? You'd be not Canadian. Yeah. He's like a nice Canadian. Uh, and I've heard he's a lovely fellow as well, actually. Yeah. He's, he's a genuinely decent guy. Yeah, he just yeah, he has yeah. this really warped, fucked up sense of, you know, whatever his <laughs> yeah. art is. Um, yeah, his, yeah. his son's going down the same route as well. He's making some really yeah. interesting, similar stuff as well. But I I'd, I'd dug it. I didn't. I dug it. I don't know if I liked it. And I don't think I'll ever watch it again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. It's not something. I, I don't think. I'm trying to think of any Cronenberg films that I've watched more than once. I think History of Dome, Well, History of Violence, and I've only seen it once. Fly. Um, the Fly is, is probably the only one. Um, and uh, possibly Videodrome I've seen twice, yeah. I think. Um, but yeah, they're not. You watch them and, you know, it's in your head. You probably won't get it. You're probably not meant to. That's okay. Um, yeah. But it lingers for some strange reason, even though you don't know why. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was thinking about it at night when I was lying in bed, just sort of this moment over my head. It will stay there for a while. Yeah, definitely, yeah, absolutely, sure. batshit crazy. Um, but yeah, strangely, but yeah, it was it was bleak. It was you know you got to the end and you were like you know, I need to get out into the sunlight and you surround myself with. I felt like I wanted a shower after it. To be honest, I felt like I needed a shower. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I get you. I get you. Um, yeah, so I'm giving it a seven out of ten, but with the caveat that it's a seven out of ten for me. For a lot of people, it'll be a one out of ten, and for a lot of people, it might even be a ten out of ten, depending on. Uh, yeah, if you're I'm, I'm not going to pretend that you know I, I, I entirely understood what I watched. Um, I really did enjoy it visually, um, mentally it ticked me over, but I'll give it a five because, like I say, I don't know if I understood what I was watching. So, right. um, great, great film, but I can't score it high because I'm not sure if it would warrant it because I don't understand it. And Fair I enough. To give it a shit, you know, a higher score than Aye. I should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. On from that one that you've seen that I've not seen, you saw in the cinema, and it's called The Hatching, um, which yeah. is a Finnish film um, directed by Hannah oh, Bergholm. Well um, done. Starring uh, Siri Solalina, Sophie <laughs> Hekinla, Yanni Volton, <laughs> uh, Reno Norden, and Ovia Olia. God damn it, you had Finnish <laughs> bastards with your names. I've never asked you to do this. You jump no, straight I'm in, trying so. my best. I'm trying my best. Um, and it's about a young gymnast who tries desperately to please her demanding mother discovers a strange egg. She hides it and keeps it warm, but what hatches from it shocks them all. That's essentially the premise of the film, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this is this is the Finnish horror film. We're not really the big horror film tonight, aren't we? Yeah, um, yeah. The, this, this is a Finnish horror film. Um, and, and yeah, basically it's about um, that, that, this kind of mum who at one point in her life was like a, a successful ice skater. Um damaged herself and couldn't ice skate so she pushes her daughter to be a gymnast um, the kid's not particularly the best gymnast but the mum yeah. pushes her, pushes her, pushes her um, for whatever reason the mum kills a bird um, the girl hears the bird squawking late at night, goes out in the middle of the woods uh, finds the bird not dead, she kills it and then finds an egg which she takes home the egg grows and grows and grows and then hatches into what I can only describe as What's the the Jim Henson puppets? The Fraggles? No, the other one, the Dark Crystal. Oh, okay. It looks like a Dark Crystal gone wrong. Like nightmares about Dark Crystal creatures. It's like that. Um, But then continues to evolve into a version of the girl. Um, Uh It's not an evil being. It's just this thing that has no sense right or wrong. It's an animal, basically. Uh-huh. I didn't yeah. understand, you know. It's, it's you know. If, it, if a man has just got a puppy calling, I can, under, I can, I can, yeah, I can understand. Yeah, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, if, if it kills something, it's because it's hungry. It's not because uh-huh. it's bad. Um, you know that kind of thing. Um, and the girl and this kind of creature who becomes a girl have a symbiotic relationship. Um, it's kind of a metaphor for you know, like, kind of 
coming of age the girl's mum pushed her and stuff like that but it's also not because it's the monster's real it's not just oh. the girl's imagination and manifesting and stuff like that it's very fucking weird yeah <laughs> what do you think of it though overall what was it like? um, overall it wasn't gory um, few jump scares um, the creature effects were surprisingly good um, yeah. a bit weird at first when you see because it is essentially a puppet um, that looks like something for the dark crystal but you know once you settle into it and the effects kind of move on and as it evolves it, it becomes very good um, finish acting is surprisingly alright yeah, um, I've not done it. I can't name a finish film I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Um, so the the acting was alright. Um, Red exports was finished, I believe. Was it? Uh, or Norwegian possibly? But yeah, the acting the acting was was decent enough in it as well. And um, yeah, overall it was um a dark, it was a dark fairy tale. Is is what it was, and it was rather enjoyable dark fairy tale that I rated um a six out of ten. Compare it to sort of have you seen Lamb yet? Out of interest. I've not seen Lamb, but I have read reviews that do compare it to Lamb. I would highly recommend Lamb. Um, Lamb is something that I watch, and I don't know if I'll ever truly forget Lamb. As long as I may live, Lamb will sit in my head. <laughs> Let's I put it that way. <laughs> this definitely sits in the same universe, as it? Right. Um, it's definitely what I suppose the new term for these kind of horrors is high-concept horrors. It's definitely... Aye. Yeah, it's definitely that. Um, it's but, almost beyond horror. It's it's, it's yeah. bigger than horror. It's cleverer than horror. It's not yeah, just horror. Yeah, it's, it's got that you know emotional kind of centre as well. Um, camera works really nice, and um, Finland looks like a lovely place as well. Yeah, Red Exports, yeah. A Christmas Tale was indeed the original. Was indeed a Finnish movie. Finish, finish, cool. So was Iron Sky, one of the Nazis on the moon. Remember? Oh, we seen that. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, probably got a. Uh, that's pretty much it for Finland, to be honest. That we, that I can think that we've actually saw um, with those ones. So, Scandinavian film, I always find exceptionally interesting. We've talked about it before, but it's, yeah, it's got a definitely. real different feel to it, a different kind of just, just a, an oddness to it. Yeah, that, yeah. That, yeah. really works for me because it's, it's usually very quite dark humour as well, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, I think the humour in this, I missed it, mm. but I think it was there and I think a scene where it was meant to be, it just didn't get me. I don't know if yeah. it was too dark or just not funny, possibly. Okay. Um, just didn't translate the way it should have. Um, so I think the, the kind of darker humour elements were there. But overall, it was, it was actually quite, quite a fun a fun ride. Um, two two walkouts in this one. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, which was, I, I don't really know why, because no. there was nothing particularly gruesome or gory or offensive. Um, yeah. People just didn't get the movie or, or whatnot. Um, but it is basically a coming-of-age dark fairy tale about a teenage girl that's pushed hard by her mum. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. I will. I will look for that one. I will look forward to yeah. seeing it. Actually, it's just turned up my street. Um, and the last film of this week we'll watch, or well, I watched, was one in the cinema again, and it's called "See How They Run," directed by Tom George. It's his film feature debut. I believe he's done a lot of work in the West End and on TV. Um, the plot of this film is there is a murder during the hundredth and the hundredth, the hundredth showing or performance of the Mouse Trap. In London, yeah. you know the play that's ran forever yeah. in, in London. Yeah. So it's, this is set in nineteen fifty. So it's a hundred performance of that. Someone dies, um, and bring the detectives in to try and investigate it. Um, and then from that, you start to un- untangle the web of deceit and lies, and and all such that will lead us to venture to the path of the killer. So it's a it's, it's an Agatha Christie movie. You know, it's an Agatha Christie film within an Agatha Christie. Stage show, yeah, very Agatha Christie esque characters. So, yeah. um, very good cast. You've got people like the main detective is Sam Rockwell, um, who's in full Sam Rockwell mode. Um, <laughs> he not in the comedy, but just a really good acting way. You know, yeah. he's not playing for laughs, he's playing it, he's playing it very straight. And yeah. um, you've got his, he's ably assisted or unable assisted by um, a local detective or lieutenant called uh, Cesar Rona, Ronan, who we are obviously massive, massive fans of. Also, and you've got a really good backing, you know, cast of David Ruelio, Reese Shearsmith, Tim Key, Harris Dickinson, Adrian Brody, Charlie Cooper, and Ruth Wilson. So, a real who's who of British kind of. Acting, definitely big, you know, talent. big, big so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, Adrian Brody's not English actually, but um, the rest of them are all, I believe, English actors. Um, mm. I think Harris Dickinson's playing young Richard Attenborough, yeah, he was out, he was on the mousetrap, he was in the mousetrap when he was, when he was Con- young. Convin- is he convincing as the character? 
kind of, I don't really remember much of Young Attenborough. I've not really seen mm. much of Young Attenborough on film. I've seen a few films of him, yeah. Yeah, not enough. Of how he should be. Yeah. Yeah. To me, Attenborough is still John Hammond. Yeah, yeah. You know, so you're, you're all bearded Santa Claus, Attenborough. Yeah, kind of. Like, I know he yeah. was in Stockwell, and I think, was he not in, was he in, was he in a bridge too far? Or did he write Bridge Too Far? Can't remember. It was a horror film. It was in. It's a horror film. I remember from it. It was a movie kind of went about killing people. Um, can't remember. Oh, that. Yeah. It's um. They actually, re- they actually reference that in this film. Mm, I can't remember he, what it's called. He ended up playing the same. He ended up playing the act, the the, the killer in that film. Um, yeah. And I think oh. he played a backstreet abortion in the film as well. He's had some like dirty roles actually. Um, I, it seems like he's he done. He, he's one of those guys who's done a lot of everything. By all accounts, yeah, yeah. he started in pretty mm-hmm. much everything, um, particularly back in the fifties, the forties, and fifties, and yeah. kind of stuff. Um, I remember the name of that film. Now it's annoying me that I can't remember the name of it. Is that a matter of life and death, it is it's called possibly. It's in Brighton Rock. I think I've seen Brighton Rock, and I think that's what that's the one with abortion. I think right. the, yeah, yeah, the abortion yeah. clinics. So. I think he was. I think he was good for it. But I'm not entirely sure how good his performance of it was. Um, mm. But still, it's a very, like I said, a very, very solid cast um, of people in this film. Greatest, you know, I know great escape. It's the only thing I can really think of Richard Attenborough. It's mm. not bearded Richard Attenborough. Um, so probably, is this is, is this a com or is the whole thing played straight or is it kind of played as a farce? No, it's played as a farce. It's played, it's played as an old style farce. Sam Rockwell right. played it relatively straight, but like Cerrone is doing kind of puns and stuff like that, and she's sort of making, right. you know, someone was hurt by skis and she went, well, the guy was hit by the face by skis, then it all went downhill from there. You know, boom, right. okay. you know so it's, it's that <laughs> level. Um, it's a very enjoyable bank holiday kind of movie. It's the kind of one you watch with your grand, your mum, and everybody, yeah. no one would be offended by it. It's, it's very charming, very funny. Some nice few moments of drama in it, but ultimately it's very inoffensive. And because of that, I enjoyed it. I thought I actually yeah. did quite like it. Um, I really want to see it. I've not seen this one yet um, because Lorraine wants to see some see, yeah. up, But I'm very much looking forward to it um, for all the reasons you've been saying so far. Yeah. Uh, Sam Rockwell, very enjoyable one. Sasha Ronan, always excellent. And they've got really nice mm. chemistry between the two of them. Big letdown is probably the fact that the, it's a very solid supporting cast, very, very good supporting cast, but not mm. enough of them a little bit. You know, felt they were, they were too um, fleeting in and out. Yeah, kind of film. walk-on parts. Yeah. Essentially, yeah. yeah. Um, so one more of them. Um, moved at a decent pace. You know, it's formulaic. It is fun as well. Um, I didn't see who the killer was. I'm pretty sure your good lady will predict who the killer is probably in the first five minutes. Um, yeah. I didn't quite see it, but I think it didn't detract. Even if you do figure out who it is, it won't detract from it. The The shadow of Knives Out does loom large over it. You know, that's the sort of, that's maybe the, the, the sort of, the, the, the five star film on the horizon everyone's trying to match in this yeah. sort of genre yeah, um, yeah, yeah and it doesn't quite match that in any way but it's absolutely fine 90 minutes long just enjoyable entertainment that's definitely it's really enjoyable entertaining entertaining yeah. enjoyable um, I saw it the same day I saw Times of Future and um, Bodies 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 so it did feel a real kind of like a lifting of definitely like, yeah that, <laughs> that'd be good to see that after those yes, because it did. yeah it's a definite just kind of balance you back out again yeah um, just before you give it a score Knives Out 2 is that, that that's happening isn't it yes it's filmed yeah, yeah. and the can should be out in the next thing, couple of months right cool, cool. so looking forward to that but um, see yeah. how they run I would give it a very solid 7 out of 10 oh so that's th- this week's winner then is see how they run that's, yeah, um, pretty much. That's the, the three beers recommendation of the week. Um, yeah. Well, I gave it the same score as Bodies, 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 but I would say I probably enjoyed see how they run more. So, but I can get why people. I can get people won't find it quite as edgy and clever, and you know, at the cutting edge. I can see why people won't think that. It seems. It seems like a film of your gran would like. You know, it's it's, it's, yeah. it's at, on that level. Um, but what we're saying to people is, um, go run to see it. Yes. Aha, see run to there. see how they run. Don't 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 <laughs> meander. Don't don't saunter. Run to see how they run. So I really like that one. Um, next week is a big week for us, Colin, because um, mm. we'll get to it in a minute. But out we have Do Revenge on Netflix, which looks like a kind of teen horror Hitchcockian kind of movie. Which look, it's okay, got yeah. Maya Hawke in it. And really like, and she really, I really enjoy Maya Hawke a lot of stuff that she's in. Um, so that that's out. You've got one on Amazon Prime called Good Night Mommy, which does look pretty horrendous, like sort of horror. Not bad horrendous, just sort of like, like oh, fuck, that looks like something. Okay, um, right. It's Naomi Watts in it, I believe, um, who's always very good. Yeah, can do a horror yeah. film. She's, she's exactly. done a few of the rings, stuff like that, so yep. she knows what she's doing. Um, yeah. You've got Tickets to Paradise in the cinema, which is a romantic comedy starring 
everyone's favourite Tony, George, and everyone's favourite robots, Julia. Which I am is... so fucking <clears throat> bamboozled as to why you have been sucked into this madness. Because it's Clooney and Roberts together. That's that's golden. That's gold. That's two Dude, movie stars. And how often I've seen the trailer. I don't know how many times now, and my eyes still roll every fucking time. Well, it's the same as when I first saw the trailer for what was the one with Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum this year. For the Lost City. That looks horrendous. The trailer. Okay. <laughs> and the film itself was actually pretty enjoyable. It, it right, okay. I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you that. Okay. okay. okay I right. get something like It made a very average idea, very average film, but it has got two people who have got undeniable like star power. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. You know. It's George fucking Clooney. Yeah. yeah. Julie Roberts. I get that. Yeah. I do get it. But so it's a bit like, what's one he was in with Michelle Pfeiffer? One fine day. It's yeah. like that. You know, you put people okay. who are like, Insanely attractive, insanely charismatic in a film together, and if they let them play off each other, even if the film's itself average, it will come out better because of the two of them in it. Okay, I will trust you, sir. I will okay. trust you. Um, but the, the main event for us this week, Colin, is the out, main event. Uh, main event. It's already out, but we haven't had a chance to see it. It's out properly this week, I believe. Um, and that is Clerks 3, the return of Kevin Smith to the quick smart, the quick stop, um, yep. with Randall and Dante. Um, I've not heard any reviews, I've only seen the trailer. Trailer I loved, it looked not love, but I, I like what the trailer gave me. Um, we are in a world where right now where I think we enjoyed Smith and he might have been weird with his tusk and all that kind of stuff, but yeah, yeah. we were not a fan of Reboot. Yeah, no, not a fan at all, Reboot, no. No, no Reboot um, really did let us down in a big way, unfortunately. Yeah, we, we, are, yeah. we are in the can, we love Smith, so we don't want to hear Oh, yeah. 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 Um, I'm, I'm kind of, Smith's last three films I've been very underwhelmed by, so I'm, I'm praying, I'm yeah. Praying to the higher powers that, that this is a redemption for Smith and we're, we're back to where we should be. I'm hopeful. I mean, Clerks, we'll talk about it probably next week more, but Clerks holds a, a place in my heart that I can't describe how much Clerks means to me. And I watched it recently again, and yep. like, I still, that film is, it means more than I can probably describe what it actually means to me. Um, and I drew worries when Clerks 2 came out because I thought it'd be, you know, why they um, sequel to something. And Clerks 2, genuinely, I found one of the most emotional, amazing. wonderful things I've seen. In a yeah, long, long time. So absolutely. With that. Um, I'm hoping this. I, I don't want to see the trailer. Seem to indicate a lot of winks to camera, mm. and I don't want a meta wink to camera all the time. I mm. want to actually yeah. see a story because at the heart of the Clerks Two story was a really sad sort of story about middle age. This, you know, yeah, so yeah, middle age and love and yeah, yeah, trying to hold on to what you love as your kid as, as a youth, but then realizing you've got to move on, but not really. The world's moving on, and you're not. Yeah. Even though you're forced to, and it really it was quite melancholy, and it was yeah. really very touching, and there's some wonderful moments in it, and also yeah. a great dance number in it as well, which people forget, um, and the brilliant donkey scene as well. A donkey show as well, but <laughs> the scene of the Clerks two scene in the in the prison with Mendonte and Randall fighting is one of my favourite scenes in cinema. I thought it's an absolutely phenomenal kind of moment between the two of them. So anyway, that's all to meet Bath, but really we're both looking forward to Clerks three, and it, because it holds its yeah. high place in our heart, the, the film massively. Too. We want, it, we want it to be good. So that's out next week. Um, where can people find us, Colin? Uh, they can find us at the number three, Beers in a Movie, and we're on Gmail, uh, Instagram, we're on Twitter, and we're on Facebook as well. Look us yes. up and give us likes and thumbs up and t- tell us what, what the David Cronenberg film's about. We, we don't know what it's about. You Tell us what you think it's about. I, 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 I don't know what I was watching. Um, plastic. I don't fucking know what plastic means. Tell me all about it. I've been Colin. You've been... Richard. We've been... Oh, yeah. Three beers and a movie.